When you're hiring, it feels amazing to finally close out a job search. But what if you could get rid of the search and just match? You can with Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites according to a recent Indeed survey. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. The Go Huskies podcast is presented by Airvan Moving, the official mover of Husky football and your next move. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda, you never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. I'm wondering when you look back at film, um, some of those stops within the red zone, and then I guess your red zone efficiency as a whole, what, what have you kind of spotlighted as, as the places you guys need to kind of fine-tune some things? Uh, need a little better second down efficiency in the red zone. We had too many long uh, opportunities down there where it gets – you know, you just start running out of real estate and your limited selection on the number of plays you can run down there. So I think we got to do a little better job keeping ourselves in more manageable. We do that, you know, the other 75 yards of the field. So we need to make sure we do the same down there. After looking at the game film, how much of an impact did uh, Jackson Kirkland make on the your running game dramatically improved? Was that a function of having Jackson back? How much of an impact did he have? Oh, uh, yeah, I think he, he impacted just, you know, the confidence level of the guys and things like that. But um, I thought Troy played great when he was in there as well. I thought they both did a really nice job. So it's a it's a good problem to have uh, between Nate and Jackson and, and Troy, making sure all those guys get in there. With that shuffle, you know, maintaining continuity of those kind of things, do you feel like everything kind of went off without a hitch? How did you see the O-line as a whole kind of fair from a communication and cohesiveness standpoint? Yeah, they did good. Um, you know, you do worry if it's one guy and you're, you're replacing one spot, um, the continuity piece isn't typically too difficult to get fixed quickly. Um, but when you start moving two people at once, that, that gets a little harder. Um, so when Troy moves into guard and he hasn't been playing as much tackle or as much guard, that can be uh, a little bit tough. But I thought they did a great job. I thought the reps were good during the week to try to accommodate that. And... Uh, I was I was a little concerned about that, but they they did well early early in the game. 
do you know before the game, like, was it we're going to rotate Jackson out late? Was it the score? Was it what, what do you want to see from that rotation? Well, there's, there's a little bit of a game conditioning piece for Jackson. You know, we just have to be realistic more than anything. So regardless of the score, we felt like, um, you know, even with Jackson, he would have wanted to play 100 plays. But the reality is, you know, he didn't, you know, he wasn't really in camp very much hasn't played any games and that just takes time, you know, and even for a guy like Jax, who's, you know, as experienced as anybody on our football team, it's just more of a game shape thing. And so working him back into the mix the right way and taking care of his injury and things like that, we just, we just knew we were going to have to be smart. And luckily for us, having a guy like Nate, that's um, a young guy that's really played well this year that he'd be able to get in there, you know, hopefully at some point was, was kind of a blessing. Having Roman Dunze back, just kind of how much different does that make the offense and open the, open it up a little bit more? We're pretty good on Saturday. It was pretty good on Saturday. But he, Rome is um, maybe one of our most dialed guys on the team. And so for that to happen on, on Saturday night was not, I mean, I don't think it was a surprise for anybody on our football team, you know, and, and uh, we've been saying it since we got here, that that's one of the parts of our offense that we think makes it special is that it can be the Z, it can be the H, it can be the X. And we've kind of now done that throughout the course of the year where each position has had a night where they've been able to really kind of go off. And, and Rome brings a different element, I think, just with his length and ability to stretch the field and uh, catch the one-on-one -on -one ball. So yeah, he made obviously a huge impact on Saturday for sure. There was a, a time after you guys first got here Several players transferred out. A bunch of other guys were kind of thinking about whether they were going to go in the portal or not. I know Rome and, and Jalen and JP all wound up affirming publicly that they were going to stay. Yep. What was your vantage point on that process for them? And what do you think it was that kind of got them to that point that you know, they, they wanted to stick around and play in this offense? Yeah, you know, I thought uh, my hat's off to all three of those guys. I think the process and how they went through it, especially Rome, um, I've mentioned before, I think what, what set Rome apart was he was, you know, having conversations with myself and Coach DeBoer, um, as was JP and J-Mac, thinking about what they were going to do and what their future was going to be like. Um, but the really cool thing about Rome was he was having thoughts and discussions and really just trying to figure it out for himself. Um, we were in a voluntary workout mode, and he didn't miss any workouts. You know, so and that's really Rome, honestly, to a T. Now that I know him, that doesn't surprise me that that's how he operated. But all three of those guys did a good job of just sitting down and watching film with me, honestly. Um, and I think they just wanted a comfort level of, you know, what is it that we're going to do? And, and luckily, we had a system that it was pretty easy to put the film on and show them multiple stops, different places, different levels. Hey, this is how we operate. This is how we get different guys the ball has been production at all places we've been and and then ultimately it came down to them having you know faith and trust in us as a staff and and that's what all three of them did you started talking I mean, pretty early on about it was it was no secret those three guys were were going to be really important for you yep. guys offensively um when I don't know if it was they came to you and said hey yeah I'm going to stick around or coach DeBoer or whatever it was but how big of a victory did that that feel like that was that was a big win that was a big win for sure. Just knowing our offense too, you know, and the type of guys that we're going to need to to be functional. And so I think that recruiting piece with the the nature of where college football is at right now, you know, started the day we walked on campus, and um, we're just really appreciative to the guys that 
you know, believed and had faith that, that uh, you know, we were who we said we were and they were going to follow through on things. And, and uh, you know, now they're kind of reaping the benefits a little bit. You guys had maybe the most dramatic win in college football last year at UCLA. Uh, I'm wondering, you know, so much happened in that game, but what's kind of the lasting image or memory for you and, and, and what did that win mean for you personally? Oh, that was, um, I think in your career you get a, you get to call some really fun games, and uh, I think that would be up there for me, just um, how we did it offensively and we're able to, you know, especially in the fourth quarter, every time, you know, our, our number got called, we were able to answer. And I think that's, at the end of the day, that's what you want, and that's what I always tell the guys why we say Big O is, you know, when they need us and it's the end of the game, we'll, we'll answer, you know. And, and we were able to do that that night, and... And uh, it, w- it was a fun night. I remember taking pictures with the guys on the field afterwards, and uh, it was just special to see those kids, all their work pay off. After watching the game again, I'm sure you've watched it numerous times, but is there one play that really jumps out at you that was really executed well, or one call that you go, yeah, I nailed that? And what did you really like about the offense on Saturday? Um, there was a couple of them. You know, decision-making by Mike stands out, you know, and, and probably some of that is... Uh, you know, Mike and I spent a lot of time in the film room together, you know, looking at plays and, hey, when you get this look, put the ball there. And there was three different times where I felt like Mike was just right on point. Third downs, there was two of them where um, he knew us some motion exactly where to put the football and we converted. Um, he got press coverage versus Rome, you know, and I said before the play, I was like, he's throwing to Rome, he's got press to the field, it's going to be a touchdown, and, and it was. I mean, that's how... Mike was operating. So I think that, you know, there's a couple plays like that that I thought the guys executed. There's a few, even on our our um, fourth and one fly sweep to Dev, you know, uh, there was, if Wayne didn't get tripped up there a little bit, I think Dev actually gets more than a yard or two on that. But I thought the guys executed that play really well. It looked like we we're, you know, running a sneak and we end up handing off an end around to a tight end. And um, they had worked hard at the execution of that play. So there's, there was little plays like that that I was, you know, really happy with. And then a couple of our tempo situations, I thought they did a nice job. You've had uh, four defenses unable to stop you guys. Um, does that leave you to wonder what they're going to try and pull to, you know, when they on the other side, when they try to, you know, game plan to, to stop your offense? For sure. For sure. Yeah, that's, that's something that, you know, we've really been talking to the guys about, you know, since the beginning of the year. And now each week it's it's going to culminate more and more. And the more points you score and the more answers you have offensively, I think the more creativity that that generates on the other side of the ball. And so there'll be, um, just like there was last week, there'll be a coverage or a pressure or a stunt that um, we hadn't repped yet. And then we have to solve on the sideline and make sure that we have the answers for the guys. And that's, you know, one of the things I, I love about all the assistant coaches is, you know, how they worked their tails off in between series. We talk about it and, hey, they did this, make sure we talk about that. And um, just a real workman-like mentality. And I think when the guys get there and they know that they got a big target on their back, that there's always going to be a possibility of something changing um, in the structure. And I think definitely with UCLA, that'll be more in play than anybody we've played. They've shown a lot of a lot of different looks and they have uh, very multiple in their coverage and, and front scheme. UCLA, like you mentioned, they've got a kid in Latu who is here for a couple of years and is leading the Pac-12 in sacks. What makes him a, a difficult person to keep under wraps? He's got good good balance, and when I say balance, I mean 
um, speed to power ratio. He's got length. You know, he can beat you a speed around the edge. He can go right down the middle of you. Um, he, he's a special player. So he'll be he'll be a guy we definitely have to have our attention on. Our tackles will have to be ready to go. They do move him inside occasionally as well. So um, he'll be matched up on our guards. So he's he's a he's got a great motor. Uses his hands really well. Leverages people. He, he's special. He's a good football player. I'm down on the down on the field and often. I can't see where the ball is. There's a lot of deception there. And then with all the movement that you guys are doing, how easy is it for you guys to see when the defense is confused? Because sometimes it just looks like they have no clue. Yeah, I mean, I think it happens early in the play when you know the, the first movement happens in a play and you can start to see the point of attack, You know who the first person or their line of communication where it's supposed to begin for them. And when that guy's slow to react, the next person that he's supposed to relay that information onto is slow to react, and it's kind of you know it builds from there. So it happens pretty quick for us. We know where we're looking right away. You mentioned the like plays, the family of plays. How many new installs do you actually have every week? Does it vary, or like are you putting in brand new sets every week? Yeah, like, yeah, we do. How many usually? I'm just kind of curious because it seems like you, you say a formation or actual scheme. Um, either. I'm just kind of curious of how much these guys are really having to learn each and every week. They, they learn a lot. Um, you know, since I got here, I told them that, you know, this offense will, will always push to the saturation point. And once they get to that point and they, you know, don't think that they can do anymore and they don't execute at a high level in practice, we know we got to cut it back. Um, but they're, you know, I mean, there's probably 90 calls on a call sheet uh, a game and, you know, there's going to be different nuances to even even familiar plays, and um, that that's something that we try to push and make sure that we're giving different pictures to the defense every week. Because if you're lining up and you look exactly the same, um, it's just a point of reference for the defense. They can see it quickly or recognize it faster than you want them to. You came out early, first play of the game. You guys had possession, went deep. Was that uh, something that was planned to open things up? And uh, also with Jack Westover with a couple of nice catches. Seems like you're going deep and you're opening up those intermediate routes for guys like Jack. Yeah, we. I mean, we feel like we can run the ball, trick play, throw it deep on the first play of the game any given week. You know, it's really just um, what we feel like initially we want to see. And um, a lot of times, if I feel really confident in what the picture I'm going to get, uh, you know, we'll we'll see about the first play. And I always tell the guys it's first play candidates, so it depends on execution too. So there's plays that I really might want to run early, um, but we have to see what they're doing first. And then as far as Jack, um, you know, those guys, him and Dev both are, are weapons, and, and we're, we're excited to be stretching the field and, you know, get those guys isolated on one-on-one -on -one matchups with backers and things like that because we feel like, just like Jack did on his explosive play, that he, he can run away from a one-on-one -on -one opportunity. How early in the week do you know what is going to be the first play of the game? Do you know today what you're going to run on? Friday? No, no. I normally, I, I normally, Thursday night is probably my night where I really decide that. Right. Wednesday night this week. <laughs> <laughs> That's right. That's correct. And I see that UCLA is top ten in the nation and fewest yards allowed per rush, like two point six a carry. What, what's formidable about their front? You know, diversity. Um, and I think they have a lot of long athletic kids. And by diversity, I mean they do the same as what I was just describing offensively. Um, they're going to give a multitude of looks that 
uh, can sometimes confuse centers and, and think about your points and get you off your game a little bit. So those are things that I think when, when you have a lot of moving parts on defense um, and, and you're not quite dialed on some of those looks, that can be pretty hard. And, and it will be pretty difficult. So I think that's number one. And then number two, I think they do a good job of playing a lot of long athletic guys. You know, they, they don't play just, you know, big 330-pounders that only are in the A-gap. They have those guys too, but I think they play a lot of guys that are, that are big, that can move, you know, very similar to our defense, honestly, where our defense can cause some chaos there at times as well. So um, that, that's what they do a really nice job of. Who are some of your highest rated guys from last weekend? From this past game? Yeah. Um, obviously, Rome played really well. Um, Henry Biney played really well. He was our, our alignment of the week. And then uh, Mike played well again. What's your history at the Rose Bowl like? Uh, played there twice. Okay. There ain't going to be a lot of people there. <laughs> rumors that they're giving away free tickets to students for the game on Friday. How do you bring your own energy? How do you kind of... Yeah, that's a great question. You know, that's that's something that we, we definitely coach up and talk about. Um, and, and we make really clear at the end of the day, it'll be up to the guys. You know, they have to be excited about what they're playing for. I mean, they've got everything on the line. You know, there should be no problem being excited about the opportunity that they have down there. So regardless of who's in the stands, I would think our guys will be up and, and ready to play. Is the fridge still locked? It's locked. It is locked. I checked with everybody. Nobody's, nobody's getting in there. <laughs> what about Uber Eats? No, we canceled that app. <laughs> All right. All good. All right, thanks everybody. Thank you. We're else here, right on time. Yeah, I mean, DTR is as good as anybody. I think it's as good as anybody in the country at eluding, um, you know, the pass rush. Uh, you know, just some statistical side note things. I think we counted up. He's been pressured 37 times this year. He's only They've only been sacked three times. So he's certainly a handful. I mean, I think once he gets out of the pocket, he's dangerous. He still put the ball downfield. And, you know, he's, he's easily one of the fastest quarterbacks we'll face all season. In that sense, do your edges need to approach this challenge differently than someone who they know is a little bit less mobile? Yeah, I mean, just be relentless. I mean, it's just your your first pass rush move might not be the one that gets him down. I think it's just the continual effort and to, you know, to try to get him to throw off schedule. I mean, I think, you know, times when quarterbacks are, you know, have a lot of pressure and they feel the heat come and then they're, you know, less prone to being accurate. And I think that's the biggest thing is, is we've got to try, try to force incompletions, uh, try to get him to throw off schedule, try to make him feel uncomfortable. Uh, at the end of the day, you don't want to give up an explosive quarterback run late. And I think that's always a thing when you're playing a lot of coverage and you're trying to chase guys around downfield and then all of a sudden, you know, he knifes you and, and runs for 40, 50 yards, which he can very easily do. You've, uh, you've lost three out of your five original starting defensive backs. How much of a challenge has that been for you? Are you still flipping players from, say, safety to corner to try and fill some of the holes? Yeah, absolutely. I think, you know, when you look at it at the end of the day, I'm really proud of, you know, there's a number of guys I'm really proud of because, you know, we've asked guys from a role standpoint to do something completely different than maybe what we had anticipated during the season. And I look at, 
um, you know, what Cam Fab has done for us, stepping into a role that, you know, he had really hadn't practiced playing safety very often. I think, uh, you know, Dom Hampton has done a, just a fantastic job because we're asking extra out of him right now um, just to be able to alleviate and take some pressure off some other guys. And then, and then Alex Cook has been fantastic so far this season. I mean, better than advertised. And so we're probably asking more out of those guys that are on the field uh, to help us out a little bit in the interim until we try and get some guys back. What about Julius Irvin? Does that move yeah. for him kind of look like it's awesome? Yeah, awesome. Yeah. Well, I think that was, you know, that was always something in our minds, even last spring and coming into summer. It's like, you know, he's got a unique skill set. He's a very good man to man player. He's probably the fastest, one of the fastest guys in the back half. And he's ultra competitive. He's being a veteran. And, and, uh, you know, I think when we transitioned him here a few weeks ago, I'm just so proud of him for the standpoint when he came to us and said, Coach, 100% whatever you need me to do, I'm willing to do to help the team. And man, when you got a when you got a team full of guys like that, I don't care. Uh, you're going to be successful. I mean, there's no choice, but there's no there's no other option. But you're going to be successful because guys are putting their own personal interests behind that of the team. And I think that's something that, you know, Juice has been fantastic. And I think he's been very, very productive out there, you know, even just in a short amount of time. What are you asking Dom to do extra? You know, at times we're asking him to probably play a little more coverage, um, you know, things than, than normally what we may have anticipated early on. I think he's a threat in so many different ways. Um, but we're just asking him to to play a lot of coverage elements. And, and you know, he's really, you know, putting him in positions where he's got to be a lot of times isolated on the best receiver uh, in the slot. And, um, you know, so far, like I said, he's been very competitive and he's, he's doing some great things out there for us right now. How did uh, Devon Banks grade out? And I noticed on his first or second, series uh, a senior wide receiver from Stanford trying to initiate him shoving him around yeah and he seemed to Hold it, hold up yeah, I thought, I thought Devon was had a solid day. I mean, you think about the first time you get to play full, full load of reps, and that was his first time here this past Saturday. And, you know, he played a little bit in the in the Portland State game. He played a little bit at the end of the Michigan State game. Um, you know, obviously, you got you know, you look at uh, two of our touchdowns on on Saturday were throws at him. But that as playing corner, I mean, you look at were you in good position? Um, you know, were you competitive, or did you make a big mistake? And and to me, it's more about he was in good position on both the touchdowns is just being able to finish and what I'm really excited about with him was the very limited mental errors that he had while he was in the game he was very consistent from a mental standpoint which that's your number one concern with young guys all the time is where are you going to be at mentally when the chips are down what has allowed Braylon Trice to be as productive as he's been thus far his work ethic I mean he is relentless I mean it's just his it's who he is as a person. It's how he operates on a day-to-day -day basis. I mean, you know, you think about anybody that right now is being, you know, ultra productive for us. It's because of all the little, the million little things that you, you as a fan or, or anybody outside the program doesn't see. And it's just daily consistent effort. And it's just, you know, it's slamming your head against the wall over and over and over again to try to get better. And I think he's got that approach where, um, man, it's hard to outwork him. With the young guys that you've got in the secondary, do you have to dial plans back a little bit? Um, dial them back. I would say no, not dial them back, but I think we've got to make sure we're, we're on point in terms of strengths and weaknesses and make sure that we're not asking too much out of them. But, I mean, we put in this last week against Stanford. That was as complicated of, of a game plan as we've had the entire season. So. How good is Tanner McKee? You know, I, you know, obviously we were, we were, uh, you know, really proud of our guys up front. I mean, we were, we were after him from the jump. I think, 
you know, obviously it's a challenge for anybody when we had immediate pressure, like we had several times, um, you know, we just didn't give him time to set his feet and throw. And, you know, when you've got a quarterback that's not a mobile threat, he needs a pocket presence. And our guys just disrupted the pocket from the jump. Um, but I still think he's a really good quarterback. And sometimes um, you've got to be proud of your guys, the way they react to things. And when they tried on that fourth down to do the hurry up quarterback sneak and right. your guys were right there, that just had to, yeah, that's a thousand reps of practice right there. I mean, guys are yeah, we something that we were prepped up on, and we spent a lot of time. It's a consistent thing Stanford does, and and it was a big point of emphasis throughout the course of the week. And really, you know, you look at we had another opportunity, um, you know, where we I thought felt like we'd stopped him earlier in the game uh, when we lined up in the neutral zone. So I think guys were ultra prepared for it the entire week and were ready to go for it. Did you know that? Zoe Tupatala had that kind of a strength as a, as a pass rusher specifically. Is that yeah, well, I think Zoe, I mean, what Zoe does is, uh, you know, he takes coaching at a high level. Um, and, you know, we're very, very detailed on blitz pass, blitz tracks, those types of things. And, and you go back and watch his blitz mechanics from – from Saturday night, and and they're they're it's it's teach tape, it's clinic what we call clinic tape. I mean, he is running a tight track um, and being hyper aggressive and running a, a real thin lean line uh, on his tracks, and that's what uh, what allowed him to get home twice. And you know that's the thing you can turn over any piece of scheme to Zoe, and he will take it to the the extreme detail all the time. And that's and, and then he's got obviously he's got some some God given talent that goes along with that too. How do you feel the depth is coming along in the secondary? You got Elijah Jackson back, Devon's playing more, and Jalen's, Javion Green's playing. How do you feel the depth is coming along? Yeah, well, it, yeah, I mean, it's just you don't have a choice. I mean, if you're on the roster, you got to be ready to go. And so I think those guys have. Um, put them. So we put those guys in a position now. The last couple of weeks, where they've taken a high volume of practice reps, and then um, set them up to be ready to go in the game. And I think it's that you know, kind of that mindset and that mentality of you know, it's obviously very cliche, but next man up. And you know, right now those guys have had to step on the field. And so you know, there's no the standard. I think the the point, and Coach Juice said this um, to our group here last week, it doesn't matter who's in the game, the standard never changes. And so I think there's an expectation of secondary play here at UW that those guys understand that they got to live up to. And it doesn't matter if you're a freshman, you just got on campus, whatever it is, got to step up and be ready to compete at a high level. We saw Lance Holtzclaw again. Is there a decision to stop him at four or play him the whole year? Well, I think that's relative to health. You know, um, obviously he's coming along really well. He's coming along really quickly for us right now. I think he's going to be a fantastic player. He's got a big learning curve yet. He's got a lot of things he's got to learn. But, you know, he's active. He's bought in. Um, he's one of, one of the most energetic freshmen that we have on the squad. And he's a sponge. He's soaking stuff up, information up every day. And, you know, I think it just depends on, you know, continued health. Uh, obviously we'd love to have an opportunity to redshirt him, but I also think he's developing at a pace right now. If we needed to play him, play him on a more regular basis, we could. Do you ever call him Showtime? Do I call him? No, I don't call him Showtime. So. <laughs> hopefully that's the moniker. I, I'm, hopefully it sticks for him. You know, I mean, he's a great kid and, and uh, really excited to have him here. He's doing, a, he's, doing a, he's doing a great job for us. Last question for me. Um, ZTF really came out right from the very first snap and, you know, we hadn't seen him like that since 2020 with an Achilles tear in between. Right. He's probably hitting stride right now, would you say? Yeah, and I think it's just a combination of things with him. You know, he's healthy, uh, number one. Number two, I think just in terms of scheme execution, he's made some big strides here, I think. You know, that's the number one thing is in our structure of our defense. It's, it requires a lot of discipline, you know, across the board from everybody that steps on the field. Everybody's got a job to do. And I think he's doing a better job here, um, you know, especially last 
last week of making sure he was on point with his execution. And, and I think that's that's true for anybody. It's if you do your job, plays are going to come to you. And I think that's a great example. I mean, obviously, uh, ZTF is very talented. But when he's executing his individual job, then those plays show up. And he, he made some great plays for us. All right. Thank you, Coach. Thanks, guys. Thank Appreciate it. All right. Uh, good afternoon. Um, just real quick, uh, kind of wrapping up uh, last weekend. Great, uh, great team win. You know, um, originally I kind of thought, oh, it wasn't a flashy win. It was just kind of one we just kept plugging away at. But when you think about it and you got eight sacks and you get uh, three turnovers, um, you know, there was a lot of flash to it. And uh, proud of the way we played team football from, you know, four field goals being made by Peyton. Um, to, uh, you know, continue to be efficient and execute offensively. Um, we're starting games so fast, uh, putting touchdowns on the board. Probably would have liked to have had a couple more touchdowns in those uh, times down the road uh, or later in the game. But, you know, just uh, we're starting fast. We're executing, and the uh, defense is right away getting us the ball. You know, we, uh, we uh, you know, won the toss and go out there and play defense and them setting the tone like they did. Um, you know, those first few drives, you know, just gets us that cushion. And, well, we're pretty tough to play uh, when we have that lead. So and we can play, you know, play freely and uh, you know, both sides of the ball. So I uh, appreciate Husky Nation just really for the last uh, couple weeks. Um, we've had four home games now, but, you know, just every week, you know, coming bigger and better. And, uh, you know, it was awesome seeing uh, – them overcome all the adversity themselves, right? Uh, finding ways to get to the game, uh, sitting in traffic, all that good stuff. Uh, the delays in traffic, the delays in the game, right? With the uh, the drone, <laughs> you know, which by the way was not anything associated with UW uh, athletics or anything like that. So I guess I should set the record straight on that too. But um, anyway, just uh, really appreciate Husky Nation. The dog pack was awesome. Uh, loved seeing the students and can't wait uh, for the next home game and now that school started seeing uh, them all show up and and fill that section uh, really felt good our guys love to see that and glad we can continue to put a uh, product on the field that's fun to watch and entertaining so uh, on to on to UCLA short week um, guys start school this week we got to travel it's a Friday game uh, we moved on very quickly to uh, UCLA yesterday just knowing all those things are in front of us. So um, I know our guys uh, are in it right now mentally and, uh, you know, expect them to have a really good week of practice. Questions? I wanted to ask you about uh, Latu. Did you ever have a chance to talk to him before he left? No. And and I'm not sure I understand the rules, but, you know, he was ruled um, out here. You know, he had three mm -hmm. um, medical experts, and somebody said he would never play here again, and now he's playing at UCLA, and I don't quite understand that. Uh, do you have any insight to rules on? Oh uh, well, I mean, it's up to it's up to the, the institutions, and you know, physicians have a, a job to do, and they have to deem what's right for that person in their mind. And different places have different uh, different doctors will have different um, feelings on that limit, you know. And I've been at other places where the same things happen both ways, you know. And so, um, 
you know, I, that I, I didn't even really realize uh, what was going on until, you know, once we started the season or, or very close to it, uh, that he was a player that had played here and had moved on. So, um, and, uh, you know, on the field, he's uh, certainly a guy that's making a lot of plays, you know, and, uh, and one we got to be very aware of, you know, he's doing a nice job for them, uh, you know, getting to the quarterback and such. When you look back at the tape, just how did Jackson kind of grade out? And obviously, look like Troy got back in there, left tackle. Just kind of, what's the plan moving forward there? Yeah, no, just uh, uh, you know, Jackson uh, had a good week of practice and um, continues to to get back into the flow. You know, these guys all had all spring, summer, and fall, and he's uh, he's just continuing to get in the full, uh, uh, getting the in the flow. That volume that we're working with him on just continues to progress. Um, you know, and uh, part of the plan just uh, was hopefully we could get to a spot where we could uh, get him out of there for a series or two so he could finish strong and then the lead became what it was. And uh, so, you know, that was uh, really on us coaches just uh, to do that. And uh, we're, we're looking at big picture with him. And, uh, you know, we fortunately have the luxury to where we can move Troy. We got a guy like Troy that can play both spots. And we got Nate who's doing a great job. And so that luxury right now exists and, you know, we're developing depth. You got uh, Mateo and Corey, you know, playing some both at center. And so uh, really love the vibe that our, our guys have, um, you know, they're, they're in it for the team first uh, piece and whatever they got to do for the team, uh, they're willing to, to sacrifice. Can you give us a little bit of an idea of what you have to do to kind of keep things together? There's so much new this week. Late game on Saturday, you've got short turnaround with UCLA. School is starting for the freshmen who've never gone to a college class. You've got guys going back home to LA. You've got a lot of guys from LA here on the road. Just so many changes this week. Yeah. How do you handle all that? Yeah, we, we, we just, you plan ahead. And so even last week, because the the days there are, there's a little bit more time, you know, we, we did some academic meetings, just uh, prepping the guys for, making sure they're all good with their class schedules, what the expectations are with study halls now, you know, and how that all works. And so, you know, we don't just all of a sudden throw it on them this week. We did some of that prep um, and found the times that fit into the schedules around football practice and when they were around campus to not make them have to make an extra trip to to, to have those meetings. But um, just good organization, everyone working together and uh, challenging them with uh, thinking ahead to how that time management's gonna look. So, you know, last week, take care of all those things away from school, away from uh, football that you need to get done. I don't care if it's, you know, getting your oil change in your car, whatever it might be. Get those things done because this week now is ramping up. It's gonna be fast and furious. It's gonna be intense, you know? Um, and, uh, you know, the guys especially that are not freshmen, um, they know what that looks like. They know what that feels like. And so, you know, I think the biggest adjustment is for the guys who are new to all this, even though they took some summer classes, it wasn't during the season. And so this intensity and this uh, time management piece now is uh, is ramping up. You mentioned red zone efficiency, which has been a bit of an issue the last week or maybe two. But what what do you feel like is kind of the secret or or the or the key towards converting some of those field goals and touchdowns? Um, uh, we just missed on a we just missed on a couple things. Um, uh, I mean, literally, I mean, you ball it could go either way. You know, you put the ball on the ground, and now you're in a really good situation. Maybe you have a first down and new set of downs to score. Um, so just, I think it always comes down to execution. And, um, 
you know, it's different things, right? The week before it was really, I mean, flat out on the one yard line. And uh, this week it was just, you know, um, you know, more of a red zone thing. But I think the thing to always look at is offensively, we are flipping the field when we're backed up. We are driving down the field. There are very few three and outs or anything of that nature. Um, we are very consistent moving the ball. The percentages show you know, that, I mean, obviously, the right, the further you have to drive the ball, the less of a chance you have to put it in a touchdown. And and there was more longer drives. I mean, we've been very successful with longer drives, but there was longer drives. And, you know, those drives were still successful um, consistently throughout the game. And, um, um, you know, probably missed a couple opportunities on some explosives that were really close. And those explosives are the ones that help you you know, you know, not have to put as many plays together. I think uh, flipping it, that's what was a big part of the game on Saturday for our defense is, you know, sometimes it's like, oh, we should have got off the field on a third down here or there. Um, but we kept tackling. We kept making them play another play. And sooner or later, we got to the quarterback and got a sack. Sooner or later, we got that turnover, you know. And so, um, you know, just – Thinking both ways, you know, those explosives were important. The field position was important. And our offense consistently moved it down and got into some good field goal opportunities. I really had the one long, I think, 47-yard field goal. Other than that, you know, we were down in there pretty tight. So uh, I'm really pleased with where we're at. And, you know, you always learn from those experiences. And we'll, uh, we'll be better, better and better. And Caleb. Teams are doing a good job of scheming us, you know, you a little bit more, too. You mentioned the explosives. And early in the game, there was one where Mike had McMillan wide open for a post route and just overshot. Is that just him too amped up? Is there something mechanically going on there or something scheme-wise? What's the No, he just, I mean, it's a long developing route. If you look on that route, what McMillan was running, it's a ball holder. And there was a little bit of pressure coming, and Mike threw it probably just a split second earlier than uh, what we normally had in practice and had to not guess but kind of gauge a little bit more in advance uh, where Jalen was going to be. And, uh, you know, there's, there's pieces to that. So we know that play takes a little longer to develop. It was a chance for us to take a shot. Felt very comfortable with the one-on-one -on -one opportunity we're going to have. And, um, you know, we're just getting a little more pressure. And, you know, Mike went down to the ground right after he threw it, if I remember right. And, um, you know, if we'd have had a split second longer, you know, you might have had a different, different result. How'd you come out of the game health-wise? Um, I mean, the typical bumps and bruises uh, that football brings, um, nothing, nothing as far as where I feel like we'll have some guys out like we've had the last couple weeks when all of a sudden you wonder where, why are a certain guy's not suiting up and they got dinged up in a game. So We haven't asked you in a little bit. Any update on Eddie? Um, still same timeline. Um, you know, really expecting him to play at some point this season. Um, that, that certainly is uh, the expectation. Um, you know, don't foresee it being in the next, you know, month. But, uh, you know, I would hope after that we'd be starting talking about, you know, week to week and at some point day to day. I asked uh, Ryan this too, but just the win at UCLA last year, what's kind of your lasting image or memory from that game and how much did that game mean to you in the moment? Well, it's just always a lesson and just keep fighting, keep playing. Uh, the, it's never over till it's over, you know, and that game really doesn't mean anything to – this team, um, you know, but those are things that just continue to give you just like that fighting mentality as a coach. Like you, you, you know, our, our guys are probably aware 
of the experience that we went through. Um, there's been different times when it's been brought up, whether it be spring ball, summer, it might have been showing a two-minute drill, you know, those type of things. But uh, it doesn't really mean anything to with the, a new, you know, two different teams are lining up against each other. And so, um, you know, but obviously we got good memories as a coaching staff, you know, of uh, good experiences uh, of what uh, what take, what's taking place. But we know we got a great football team that we're going to be facing here this uh, weekend. And, um, you know, DTR is uh, DTR is definitely a guy that uh, causes problems. And, you know, fortunately we've had a couple games where we've had some experience against some quarterbacks that are mobile that can move around. And we got to learn from that and, and adjust and, um, you know, go make, go make plays. Do you remember, whether it was relief, excitement, celebration, I don't know, but do, do you remember um, learning that the Jalen McMillan and, and Rome and JP were, were going to stick around and, and play for you and, and kind oh, of yeah. what your reaction was to that? Oh, yeah, I remember. Uh, um, and they were kind of at different times. You know, it wasn't like all three of them at the same time just made the same decision. And so, all th you know, all three of them were a little bit different, but it was within the same kind of window of time, you know, a day or so. And uh, just, to, you know, I don't, you know, we were, there was, there was obviously this like excitement. Um, just, I felt like at that time, like, like there was more that we just need to prove to you that you're making the right decision. That's where I remember thinking, it's like, I'm going to prove to you that this is what you were supposed to do. You know, this is where you're supposed to be. And, you know, we, you know, probably said that to them while we were going through that time. And, you know, we, whether it be watching film and I know they spent a lot of time with myself, uh, you know, talking with Coach Grubb and just really understand what this offense was going to be. But I think they also – it showed a lot about them and how just thorough they are. And now you're seeing some of those characteristics come up and how hard they work, the preparation they put in, how much they care, how team-oriented they are. You know, they were just really going through the process because they'd been through a lot. And I have nothing but a ton of appreciation for what we did. And I think in the end – um, we are closer now because of those conversations that we had, whether it be me with them or Coach Grubb with them or me talking to their parents as we were going through this. And um, I think we're tighter. I think we're closer because of uh, the trust that we built up, you know, way back in January. I'm not sure how much you can talk about it or comment on it, but uh, big news with Heather Tarr and the yeah, and the softball program. It's my daughter. I can. Uh, <laughs> this is different. This is a different deal, you know, and. And obviously, it's it's a fine line, but this is a proud moment to be a dad, and uh, super excited that um, Alexis is getting this opportunity. Um, really cool deal. A year ago today, she was at a camp, um, a softball camp here with Coach Tar, and um, you know, just uh, this was one of those schools going back, even when we lived on the other side of the country, that she had identified um, because of the success and because of what Coach Tar does and her staff and. It's an awesome group of young women here in this program that, uh, um, are, are, you know, I love watching the game of softball and, you know, huge part other than probably coaching, you know, and my my family and uh, whether it be throwing BP or playing catch, whatever it might be, that's the other thing that we kind of do, you know, and so softball is a huge part of our, of our life. But a year ago today, she was at a camp. She actually came with my wife to the uh, – the Cal game. They flew in on a Friday and the game was at night and 
they went and watched the game and went to the camp the next day. So it's crazy how full circle we've gone, and uh, here we are. So I'm super proud. As a coach, as a coach, can you give us a scouting report? <laughs> oh, I don't know. I don't want to get in too much. I think I've said enough, but... Uh, <laughs> But anyway, since you asked, no, I'm just kidding. Uh, no, I'm just super proud. I'm just super proud. I think she's a great teammate and just uh, works her tail off. And, um, you know, I'm really proud of where her, Nicole and I are really proud. How much do you talk to Tara? Just I know a lot of other coaches pick her brain because she's mm -hmm. really, really bright and a great coach. Do you, have you had the time to do that? Or did you just kind of, like, if you, your daughter wanted to go there, did you just kind of No, I, I love softball. And so I'm around them too much probably. You know, all the coaches uh, but no, we have a great group of coaching here, not just, you know, Coach Tar, but all the other coaches here in this athletic department. When we get a chance to get together, it's a special time. You know, I'm constantly learning um, things from them. Um, you know, when we have our, our, our time, you know, we'll get together again this week, you know, as an as a athletic department with the head coaches. And there's just always something, you know, I feel like you walk away taking from and I feel like uh, the support we have for each other is only getting stronger um, you know amongst all the coaches so it's really cool to you know have another level to this uh, you know being personal with my family now as well. What has made Carson Bruner so consistently impactful in kickoff coverage? Yeah that's that's been really fun to see uh, you know the first week struggled as a unit you know just a couple guys here all it takes is one guy not doing his job and and uh, with those many moving parts and then, you know, having a live look at the kicks, uh, you know, where it's hard to simulate those in practice. Um, I just think more and more each week now, you know, we're putting the right guys in the right spots. And we see Carson as one of those key guys that we need to get, you know, in a, in a, in a way, you know, we can do it different, different in different ways, but we can get him in a spot where he can go be that impact player and make the play. And um, he understands his role, um, but he also understands what the other guys around him are doing, just like an offensive player, a defensive play. And, um, you know, he's, uh, he's going in, and, you know, you just don't know on those returns if all of a sudden that, that, re that returner is going to be coming your way. And he's been ready every time. I think Devon Banks has done a nice job at different times too. Um, but there's more to it. Guys are running down the field hard. Um, our kicks are better. And, um, you know, I think you saw – Again, this last Friday, there's times where they just fair caught it and, you know, we're good with being on the 25-yard line. And, um, you know, it wasn't like we were, be able, we were able to boot it through the end zone, and that's why the touchback happened. Um, they were fair catching it. And so I think that's a, that's a lot of pride that our kickoff team is instilling in them in, in what they're doing and how they're setting the tone, whether it be the beginning of the game or after any, after any score. They got to go out and continue the momentum. And Carson's uh, right in the forefront of all that. How'd Kirk make it through? Good. Yeah, good. Good. Uh, really, uh, um, again, you know, we were going to, where the plan was when we pulled him out for a series or two to get him back in there, and then the lead just kind of kept growing. And um, that was really the only reason he didn't go back in. Think about yanking Penix a little bit earlier in the game on Saturday or? Yeah, all of a sudden the clock kind of gets down into those next minutes. Uh, you know, they had a big play after, and you show you as a coach, you know, you're always a little bit slow. Uh, the worst thing, that I want to do is pull guys and then have to put them back in just with the way it was. But I understand uh, uh, there came a point where the score got out of hand and you know maybe maybe another series uh, we could have got him out earlier. But you know, with what we were doing and what the frame of mind is that we were in, where we were just pretty much handing the ball off, 
um, wasn't anything where I was too nervous. Even on third and long, we were going to hand it off. So um, nothing where I was too nervous about, you know, him being in jeopardy or vulnerable. It's been a difficult thing to project, but do you have a sense of where Asa and Perryman and Misha are at this point? I think the Perryman is really close. Uh, he's, well, I say he's the closest out of all of them. Uh, really hopeful and, and uh, you know, expecting him to be able to be back out there this week. I felt that way maybe even this last week uh, that, that that could happen. So just getting him not even over the hump, just getting that volume to where he feels great about being out there. Um, Asa could, could actually be a possibility this weekend. Uh, Mish will not. Four games into the season, and Michael is yet to take a sack. I know that part of it's Michael, part of it's the offensive line. Mm -hmm. Can you just talk a little bit about that? Yeah, it's really cool. Um, the, you know, Mike really trusts in and believes in, and if he can get things right protection-wise, knowing that the running backs, tight ends, offensive line are going to do their job. Uh, and then I think the offensive line and, and that whole group really having a lot of pride in that stat, you know, and how – they're getting it done uh, for Mike, uh, you know, building that momentum. Uh, I think enough, uh, you know, stones were thrown their way as far as, uh, you know, their production in the past, and um, they're finding those those wins, and that's the one right now where they're uh, excelling, you know, in protecting Mike. And, uh, you know, there's been a time or two we already talked about, you know, where he had to cut it loose a little bit early, but you look across college football, that's happening a lot. And uh, we've kept him upright for the most part, and that's a – from Coach Grubb and the offensive staff being on the same page and making sure they get the right schemes in place and um, max protect when we need to, you know, throw it quick when we need to, um, check the protections. But um, they're all playing really well together and uh, understanding how to, you know, put the put put plays together, stack plays. The negative yards um, are the ones that are going to hurt you. You know, we're taking care of the football, not turning it over. So. You know, those things that we're preaching, um, they're doing a great job of executing. Caitlin, how is Michael a better quarterback than he was when you last coached him? Um, you know, I would sit here and say maturity, but he, he was very mature, calm and collected even in 2019. Uh, I, I just have to think that there's a confidence level that he's got after the 2019 and then coming back in 2020 you know, he had a lot of success that year. Um, some big games against tough opponents. And, um, you know, I think that was probably something that happened after I was with him. And um, I think he's got a lot of confidence in the guys around him. And so when you have confidence in those people that are surrounding you and you can just do your job, and when you're as talented he's, as he is, you know, you just play free and you cut it loose. And um, that's, that's a piece that he's always had. Um, you know, he, he and Coach Grubb are just like in sync. I've talked about it many times, but it's really cool to see um, the belief that he has um, carrying over to Coach Grubb and just, uh, you know, Coach Grubb, I mean, dialing it up, not afraid to be aggressive no matter where we're at on the field, no matter where we're at in the game. And, uh, you know, that trust goes both ways. And so um, right now we're obviously riding the momentum of all that. And, uh, you know, it's, it's cool. Um, even if it goes – uh, against you for a, a short time and some adversity hits, I really feel like Mike understands that, you know, it's just temporary. And just like we preach that to the team, he'll get us back on track. But he's just so talented. He can put the ball where he wants to. Uh, I think he threw a ball close to 70 yards last week on the money in practice, you know, um, on a deep, deep ball. 
Um, and everyone kind of was in awe of that. Uh, I, I went back and actually was doing the calculation on the film. You know, just a, his arm strength to me wasn't about how far he can throw it. To me, it was about the, the, the balls he can make across the field and back shoulder throws with accuracy and, um, you know, those type of things and the quick release he has. But, you know, he certainly can throw the ball deep as well. How do you think Dylan and Sam have, have handled you know, coming out of that competition, and, and do you think the way you guys handled the competition maybe helped with with the, you know the the way they responded? Yeah, I, I, they've been amazing. They've been absolutely amazing. I watch the walkthroughs, and I I, I see them just engaged. Um, I see them having belief in what we do, um, and belief in Mike. And um, it doesn't take anything away from what. Um, the, what we feel they're capable of doing. And so they're continuing to develop, continue to mature, um, continue to learn from what is happening on the field, and they are in it. And that um, just um, them being in it mentally, um, I think, says a lot about, like, hey, they believe in, in uh, you know, the decision we made as well. And, uh, you know, I think that's um, – it's hard to argue what Mike's done. and um, But, you know, really focusing on – you know, Demo and, and Sam and their response has been a big part of, I think, you know, how we want our program to be. You know, when we talk about team, being team first guys, you know, it's really easy to say that. And then all of a sudden you're the one that's thrown into the fire. And now you got to be team first when, you know, if you're not the one on the football field. And so, um, you know, I've tried to find ways to celebrate and point out, just like other coaches on our staff do, that, uh, you know, these are great examples of those characteristics we need to have to be a great football program, great football team, and uh, they are team first all the way. With Sam, with Sam and Dylan, they have responsibilities during the game, unlike many of the other players. You've got Sam on the mm -hmm. headset, and he's putting yeah. in signs. Um, yeah. You know, How do you determine which one of those guys is going to do what? And what well, are those Sam, Sam is, uh, you know, the cool thing is Sam's hearing every little piece that I hear on the phones, you know, he's hearing, you know, so that, that mentally is helping him develop, you know, he and coach Grubbs talking through things to the staff, you know, Sam's hearing that he's hearing the call made being made. He's hearing well, what the adjustments are. Um, Demo, you know, he's got to be ready right now because he would be the next guy in. And so it's hard to have that. You know, we only allowed so many headphones anyway, but Demo, you know, needs to have his helmet ready and be able to run out there in case even just one play where the helmet pops off Mike and, you know, what the rules are, you have to, you have to, you know, you got 40 seconds to get the next ball snapped. So um, both of them, though, are so in it and uh, they both have great responsibilities and, you know, asking a lot of questions, working together. Um, I love just the way that they go back and forth with Mike. You know, even in a walkthrough during practice, there's just a great just, you know, hey, we're checking this, right? Or we're doing this. Or remember, this is your read progression. Uh, it's, it's just really cool to see that relationship grow, that trust amongst that room. And, um, you know, they're pushing us forward, not just with Mike, but as a group. You have uh, walk-on tryouts this coming up weekend after you get back. Do you have room for many guys? And yeah, we do. We have some, you know, uh, roster-wise, I mean, you know, we're uh, we're under the number that we would re probably really like to be at, you know. Um, some of it might be just with guys being dinged up, but most just even total roster, uh, forget that piece. Um, you know, we, we could be as high as, I think, 120 and feel pretty comfortable. Don't have to be at that. Eight ads rather than springtime, it'd mm -hmm. be immediate. Yeah, if we found the right guys, 
we, we would add them to the roster. Um, and I, we would do that anyway. I, I think it's important to know who's on campus um, and what you got around your you know program and you know having a tryout now that school's starting. Um, you know, and uh, just be aware. You know, maybe it wouldn't even be an ad now uh, when your roster is less going into winter workouts and spring ball. Um, you know, we could add them at that time as well. So, other coaches run that since you have a current uh, needs to you know prepare for the next opponent. Yeah, get going through from our recruiting department uh, to just uh, you know Justin Glenn and then our training staff, making sure everything's all in order that way. Um, they are taking a lot of that, and then. You know, there'll come a point where our coaching staff before Sunday will be briefed and watch some film if there's some huddle film or anything like that of the guys that are going to be at the tryout and kind of narrow things down, and then we'll have a chance to, to be around them, you know, in, in a workout fashion. Do you need to be in school for that? Do you need to have any, <laughs> is there any are, you, are you heading, going somewhere with that? <laughs> do you need to have any athletic ability for that? You do, yeah. Yes, yeah. How, yep. how much have you relied on that walk-on programming? past because here there's actually been some great players that come out of that I, I think I, I would say that uh, over half the time I've been surprised with finding a guy that ends up being a someone who comes in and helps you out you know even in games not just as a scout team player um, and it goes back to I remember a, a player when I was at Southern Illinois who became an all-conference and went to the NFL. His brother was on our team. He played NAI football and he came in as a DN for us. And um, you know, just uh, ever since then, I just remember thinking, you just don't know who's here, you know. And if they really want it that bad, um, you don't know what they could become and give them a chance. So um, you know, there's so many good players out there that just uh you know had something happen especially right now with covid coming kind of coming off that there might be some uh, diamonds in the rough that just people don't know about or kid didn't get an opportunity all right so all right thank you some people just know bundling with allstate means big savings just like they know the right ingredient means big flavor they know honey on pizza is where it's at and olive oil on ice cream is the cherry on top. And they know when you bundle home and auto with Allstate, you can save up to 25%. Mm -mm. Bundled savings vary by state and are not available in every state. Saving up to 25% is the countrywide average of the maximum available savings off the home policy. Allstate Vehicle and Property Insurance Company and Affiliates, Northbrook, Illinois.